It's Tuesday, September 18th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, over uh, the last weekend, we had a run for one in Birmingham and six other cities and a run where you are component where people from over 40 states competed in a 5K to raise awareness for the unadopted children around the world, but also to help raise important funds to equip Lifeline and Unadopted to reach out to the gospel to these children around the world in the programs and the partnerships that we have. And so today we are joined by Mike Edwards, the director of Unadopted, and Nisha Roberts, our coordinator for Unadopted. And I just wanted them to give us a little bit more first, Mike, on the explain the statistics of the children around the world who are quote unquote unadopted. Well, Herbie, one of the first statistics that blew me away as a uh, new employee to Lifeline was the statistic that there were 153 million uh, children around the world that were in uh, orphan care. Uh, Something that was even more unbelievable was that only one half of 1% of those children will ever see adoption. So the thought of a child growing up in an orphanage uh, in the country where, where God has placed them and then aging out of an orphanage, uh, those, that was just unbelievable to me. Um, and so every, every year, 30, or every day, excuse me, uh, 38,000 children will age out of the orphanage. So when you start thinking about the numbers, it's, it's truly a daunting task to think about how can we help when what can we do. Yeah, and certainly these are huge numbers, 153 million orphans. 38,000 kids that, as you said, Mike, are aging out of the orphanage each and every day. But through Unadopted, we have the opportunity to put faces to these numbers and names to these numbers. And specifically, one of the young ladies that we were really highlighting a lot during this run was Miriam and telling a lot more about her story. And so, Nisha, would you mind just for our listeners putting a face, putting a name to these numbers through Miriam's story? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Miriam is now about age 14. Um, She came to um, our partner home in Pakistan uh, about seven years ago, um, back when the home was first opened. It's called Developing Hope. And um, her her story is just such a beautiful example of God's redemption and how he takes something ugly and broken that might be um, homelessness or poverty or simply not knowing him or sin it could be any of these things and he takes it and makes it into something beautiful and Miriam's story is that picture she um, grew up in a home that was uh, very impoverished she didn't have education she was growing up not a lot of good food just not a lot of good care but her mother and father were living her father was in um, in drugs and her mother just really struggled with the finances, not being able to even feed her children. So Miriam has a a little brother as well. Anyways, growing up, she had a a rough life. And at age seven, Miriam's mother actually took her own life um, because of just the difficulty in in their home. And so Miriam was a very close witness to that happening. Um, she came in shortly after her mom had already passed. 
Um, and so it's just a, a tragic story. Through that, a local church that works with Developing Hope, the girls' home, they they met Miriam, they knew her story, and they recommended that Miriam go stay at Developing Home, at the, at the girls' home. And so she's been there for about seven years now and um, heard the story of the gospel, uh, chose Jesus as her savior. She was baptized last year and she's uh, passed through grade nine now. And her biggest dream and hope is to actually open a girl's home in the future mm-hmm. to care for girls that are just like her. And the really cool thing about that is that this home, this girl's home, is the only home in that city of 3.2 million, I think is the population approximately. And so most of the homes are for boys. This is the only one that's for girls. And so she has this dream of reaching out to girls like her um, someday in the future. Wow. And man, what a what a way to put a face to the 153 million orphan, to hear about Miriam, to know that her story is real and her hurt is real and the past is real. And yet to see through that story, the vision of Lifeline and Unadopted realized where we see vulnerable children and their families so transformed by the hope of the gospel that they in turn want to continue the work of manifesting the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. So you look at a 14-year-old like Miriam who in this city of 3.2 million where most have never even heard the gospel, Miriam, this orphan, gets to hear the gospel. She gets a vision for what she can do in the future, not only to care for others like her, but also to make the gospel known. What a beautiful story and why it's so important that through efforts like The Run and through other efforts like giving, that we continue to pour efforts into caring for the vulnerable children around the world and orphans around the world and bringing them hope through the gospel, but also opportunities through life skills and job skills and education and training. And so, Mike, just do tell Tell us just a little bit of, of what what does adopt what does unadopted do about this crisis, and what is our plan for little girls like Miriam? So, in Nisha's story, you you heard some components of, of what unadopted is doing. Um, one of them is is partnering with the local church on the ground, um, making sure that the orphanages are, are tied to uh, someone who can give discipleship uh, to these orphans, but also we're providing training uh, for the orphanages, uh, training for the caregivers, um, but also looking at ways that we can develop the children through um, life skills camps and and other uh, uh, caregiver training. We It's our goal that as kids come into the orphanage, that their caregivers are given training that um, help the caregivers better understand how to deal with trauma and how to deal with kids from hard places. Uh, and as the children grow, they get to experience life skill training where, where the children get to learn a skill or learn some type of craft that they can take with them out of the orphanage and into a place uh, where they can potentially provide for themselves and provide for others. 
And so, yeah, we want to see the local church ultimately mm-hmm. uh, be a huge piece of that. And just like in Miriam's story, we never know what the local church is going to look like. Is it going to be a church that's in a house church or a, a secret church or an underground church, a, a registered church, a church that is above ground? No matter what the church looks like, we want to engage with that church to help them be uh, the hands and the feet of Christ. And the neat thing is, no matter where those churches are, and even when you think, hey, these are churches like in Pakistan that are under extreme scrutiny or under extreme persecution when they start to step out and care for the poor and the needy they actually see an opportunity for gospel advancement and they actually see an opportunity not just for gospel advancement for these kids but for their community and so we rely upon events like the run for one and so Nisha just talk a little bit about the excitement of run for one just from an unadopted perspective how exciting it was to see these runners come and and just how can people continue to get engaged with Unadopted and give uh, to this organization to be able to help these children. Yeah, it is a really exciting day. Um, This is only my second run for one to be a part of myself, Um, but I got to see again this year, um, first of all, the volunteers that come out and help. That's huge. They help make the day. And then the runners, of course, are, I mean, we have a board member that was there on Saturday in Birmingham here, and uh, she said she She's like, how can you look at that and not cry or not tear up a little bit? So it's just really powerful to see so many people gather um, in one place. And sure, they're just running, and it's a fun activity, um, but the purpose behind it is all these things that we just talked about. And so not only in Birmingham, but like you mentioned, all those other cities, um, the six other locations, and then run where you are. It's just super cool even to see on social media and to hear from the other city locations um, how people come out and support. And I think the coolest part about all that is circling even back to, it's called the run for one. Um, the point is we can't, I mean, we talk about this at Lifeline often is we can't answer all of the problems. We can't save every child. We can't provide for all of the things that every child needs, but to know that there is a Miriam out there in Pakistan, there's a Mutebi in Uganda, there's, um, you know, each of these children in these other locations that we can make an impact on one child at a time. And that's ultimately the biggest goal um, to hear about even Miriam coming to faith, um, even if she was the only one of the 38 girls at Developing Hope, that would be worth it, of course. Um, So just seeing that come full circle in the run. And I mean, we'd love for more people to be involved next year in the 2019 run, of course. Um, But in between those times, I think some of the biggest ways to be involved is to pray. Um, We have prayer requests up on our website and ways to get involved with prayer. Um, We also have trips where we go and serve our partners on the ground. So they're letting us know the needs that they have, and then we're trying to recruit and take a team over to to fulfill those needs. Sometimes that involves caregiver education. Sometimes that's a construction project. Um, Sometimes it's encouragement to the local church body. It can look totally different in each location. Um, And then another way is actually through sponsorship, child sponsorship. Miriam's actually a little girl that you can sponsor through our Pakistan child sponsorship program. Um, So we have that active in Pakistan right now and in Uganda. Um, And you can find that at lifelinechild.org backslash sponsor. And we'd love you to be a part of that. And one of the great things, too, if you were not able to be a part of the Run for One, is we still have t-shirts 
left from the run for one. And this year we actually had a great dry fit shirt. And so if you want to support Lifeline by maybe purchasing one of these shirts and being a part of the run for one, even though it's over and even though the event has come and gone, it's not too late to get involved. And so if you want to go online at lifelinechild.org and you go to our store or you go to the donate button, if you'll donate and say, donate $30 and say, I want to be a part of the run for one, we will send you one of these shirts that you can have. So just supply your size and, and know that every $30 that you give goes to support. We have sponsors that go to underwrite all the expenses so that when you run, your $30 goes directly to the work on the ground for children like Miriam, for children like Mutebi, for the work of equipping the body of Christ to show and manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children living abroad so that they can see the hope that is theirs in the is theirs through the life of Christ Jesus. Well, Mike and Nisha, thanks for everything that your team does. Thanks for the work that you do and for putting together such a great event and for just helping guide our team to care for these orphan and vulnerable children. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To connect with Lifeline, look for Lifeline Child at Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can always email us directly at info at lifelineadoption.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.